Hi, I'm Anka and you're listening to Chilled Conversations with me, Anka. And today I'm joined by Nick Dre, a music producer. Uh, welcome, Nick. And I'll let you now to <laughs> take it from here and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Anka. Um, yeah, I'm Nick Dre. I'm a music producer. I've worked with a range of artists, um, including Ravimbo, formerly known as Rue, um, George, the rapper, Malik lives also uh formerly known as Malik the fourth um yeah I've worked with a few other people as well but those are the main collaborators I've had over the last few years that's nice how did it all started um I got into production really in my teens um interestingly at school um we were quite fortunate we had like a music block in school where um Every Tuesday, they'll set up the turntables and people would come and DJ and there'll be MCs there. So in that moment, um, I was brought there by a friend and that's when I discovered grand music back in the mid slash early 2000s and just fell in love with the idea of making music. I wanted to be a DJ from that moment and then started to get into making beats. And yeah, that's kind of where I started. I just got exposed to a new genre at the time and I just fell in love with um the idea of making music um it just kind of went from DJ and into production that's nice it's interesting so what would you say was uh I don't know the biggest lesson since you started until now um the biggest lesson is probably it's a bit philosophical in a sense but it's like don't worry about anything just keep just you you kind of spend time worrying about things that don't necessarily matter it feels big in the moment but just keep pushing forward just that things always become clearer the further you get down the path and that applies to music and it applies to life it's just wherever your intentions are just go for it like um the details will kind of iron themselves out as you go along that doesn't mean not necessarily don't plan but don't set your plan and just be fle- flexible to how you know how life changes and things will be thrown at you don't be too rigid just keep pushing forward really and so it's a way of saying yeah it's a way of saying uh you, you just said the goal but not the the journey there isn't it yeah the, the journey will uh, no matter what how much you plan the journey is always going to be the journey and it's going to be unpredictable there'll be things that you couldn't uh foresee there'll be just be random things that happen there'll be things that you'll overlook and you just got to be able to react to those things. Um, I wouldn't say my journey has been straightforward by, by any stretch. I don't think anyone's <laughs> is. So, um, But all the things that kept me up on that, for the most part of it, you look back and think it wasn't that serious or it didn't really help the situation. I mean, it, it, we all have a level of angst within us and anxiety, but sometimes you just got to go with the flow and also just have that confidence of... Um, that things will work out and I think the only way you get that confidence is just by keep keep going well I think it's funny you said that it, your journey wasn't straightforward because I feel people looking at everyone from outside not knowing your journey and seeing you where you are they all think oh he had it easy he just did this and that and he got there I feel like <laughs> <laughs> it's just the misconception of oh she just got there by chance yeah that's um but that's, I guess, even before social media, like we're not, we're not with people 24 hours of the day. For the most part of it, we only see the um, 
the uh, the outcome. We never see the process. Um, even when we do see the process, we see a curated version of the process where it's edited because the journey is boring for the most part of it. If we're going to be honest, the journey itself is boring. It's not as like as seductive as it seems in the films or in TV shows. The it's a it's a lot of repetition, a lot of no's before you hear yeses. There's a lot, there's a lot of mistakes, like genuine mistakes, mistakes that could have been avoided, um, lessons to be learned. And it's it's not the most I don't know anyone's journey, especially my own, that's not that's a pretty journey. No journey is pretty, but the journey is the journey. <laughs> I think the journey makes us who we are. So at the end of the day, we just have to roll with it, isn't it? Literally that. Literally, you just have to roll with the punches and you you build your character, you know. That's true. So what would you say back then when you discovered uh, production and everything? What was your main goal then? Honestly, my main goal when I was... That I, when I first started was literally to get something on the radio and at that time um, being in Graham was to get played on rinse or what extra that was literally my goal um, it didn't matter if it was a record of an MC at the time you know, it was just the beat getting played on the set that was my goal um, at that point and I think once I reached that it was just again I started to, again your, your goals evolve you know so from that it was like okay I'm it um I started to get some something played on the radio and thought, okay, now I want to get a song on the radio, now I want to get this this, I want to make a project, I want to, you know, your goals kind of evolve over time. So how fast did that happen? Since you you set up that goal, how long did it take you to make it happen? Um I would probably say if I started, I probably started to actually make beats where I could actually probably show them to people when I was about maybe 16, 17. Um, I probably, I sent stuff out before them, but again, they were terrible. Um, <laughs> you, again, I, I remember again, finding it hard to even find artists to work with at that point. Um, so probably about 16, 17, I probably was in college. Um, by the time I left college, I'm 18. So I, I was, I'd probably been played on rinse Kiss at uh, Kiss 100 at that point on Logan show and and Rinse by the time I was 19 so probably like within a two-year period um at that point um which to me this looking back doesn't sound like a long time for some people some people think oh, that might take longer but at that point I literally only did or only thing that I did was make music um I would go to college I'd go home I'd make beats I would on the weekend, I'd make beats. I even went as far as going to my friend's house and installing uh, Fruity Loops at the time on some of their computers so I could make beats there. So I, that's all I did. Well, those were the times, isn't it? Because you had no uh, no stress, no real pressure on you, yeah. so you could create. Yeah, young, dumb, and having fun. You know, just just <laughs> no responsibilities at that point. So you could you could just make music and again because you're so it's so fresh to you, you just make whatever you just you just sit there and start making stuff you have no clue what you're doing and you just explore your own creativity so that's all I did so yeah by the time I was probably 18 19 I was I had been played on um the main staples of like radio for Graham at least at that time that's nice 
Yeah. Hey, you should you should really be proud of yourself because, uh, like you said, when you look back, it's it's two years for you. Mm. Then must have felt as an eternity because you were keep on working on it and you wanted to get something good out. But I think you did it. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, it to me, looking back on it now, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and I, I definitely am proud of it. Um, I look back and feel proud of it. At the time, I was proud of it. Probably not so much then because again it was always on to the next thing but again I remember some of my friends or even peers at the time that when they were getting played um before me you you get you get that oh when am I going to get played you, you you get you build up that comparison in your mind so it wasn't um as much as I was probably like hidden away in front of my computer making music there was that, that pressure I was putting on myself that when is it going to happen um so and so is getting stuff played. Um, they're working with artists over here, and you want that as well. Like you, like, and you do start to compare, but that doesn't really help anything. It, 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 um, it can help boost your motivation, but after a while, that that can turn into a negative thing where you start to um, over compare and you start to paralyze your decision making, and you don't start you stop making decisions in your best interest. Well you you go through that because i i feel like i went through that writing poems and i always looked back like you said when you got played you felt proud for me it was uh, being published in the newspaper back home in romania i used to get published every monday and i it was so nice <laughs> and congratulations on that that's that's an amazing thank achievement. you it was really interesting because from my hometown i was uh, the only one with my surname so I, I didn't really they couldn't say oh she's that one's daughter or anything okay, like that yeah. you know to associate you with someone that made it happen for you so it was nice to see people queuing up waiting for the newspaper and nobody knows you are there right next to them and they were talking about the poem so it was it was nice so that's why I kind of feel your your joy that you had back then because you were basically kids we were seeing these things like that's the best that could happen to us absolutely i mean for, i guess for anyone um a lot younger it's a, it's a bit different because things they do happen a bit faster but they also happen it it's a more again it's a, it's a more advanced time now but i think those days um in a weird way quite similar like i lived uh, between east london and essex so in terms mm -hmm. of even artists that were around and, and just an infrastructure or, or an environment or a community of musicians, I never really had that. So when I started, I didn't know anyone. So there wasn't someone to say, oh, I could go to this person, they could bring me in or show me this thing. Other than some of my friends um, and one guy, um, Marcus, um, who showed me a lot when I was younger. Again, he was, we went to school together, but he moved out of Walthamstow to where I live um, in Havering and he was like my only other person I could kind of relate to on music for example so he helped kind of broaden my awareness of where I could go but we didn't have anyone really around at that point um, so you had to really like this is before I mean this is early internet so we we, yes. we had MySpace as, and MSN so you really just got around by those two mediums you just had to get someone's email address and or chase them down on my on my space um so it was a different time that then to kind of just 
try and get your name out. It wasn't as many options as there are today. I think I even learned how to make music. I had to figure it out. There was no tutorials. There wasn't like this big YouTube thing where you can go how to make beats. That, that didn't exist then. You know what's funny? Like I was explaining this to, to my children the other day and their expression was like, are you, are you for real now? Like, how did you make it back then? <laughs> it's true. It was such a a more restrictive world, isn't it? We didn't have access to so much information and so many contacts. Yeah, but how did you get your first person to to collaborate with? Um, it would have probably been MySpace. Um, again, just just put your, again, similar to what it is today, you'd put your beats up there and just people would probably get in touch with you. Um, and it was a lot of, like, again, being in school, that was your community. So when you was in school or college, you'll meet other, uh, upcoming artists and producers and you'll start talking to them and as I said when I started I was terrible so back in those days um, it was all about crews so you'd have a crew of MCs and maybe a couple of producers in there and my goal was to, at that point was to probably join a crew so I could meet people that were more like-minded and again no one wanted because I wasn't good <laughs> so um you had to get better at your craft because they weren't really, again, we weren't particularly friends because we may have went to different schools. So they didn't particularly know me. So it wasn't like there was a, a level of friendship where we were working together. They're looking at it like, well, what can you offer here? N not much. So why would we want to work with you? So I had to graph and get better and then kind of had to, um, then found some crews that would want to, that wanted me to join and kind of worked my way from there. So then once I joined the crew, um, you work with the artist and you kind of learn your craft, your craft with uh, making songs with them really. Like um, you go from making beats to making either freestyles or actual songs at that point. Um, so I think I probably joined my first crew when I was about 17, 18, again, um, probably in college. So I probably had a, few, a year or two of making beats at home. Um, and just not getting anything or just getting say MCs from over the internet that were like not probably from London as well probably more so Birmingham region and yeah it kind of just grew from there just literally plugging online and plugging in person. How do you do it now now that you have all these choices <laughs> all these platforms? Honestly I I don't tend to I tend to do more things uh, I tend to meet people more in person if anything now um I don't like working with a lot of artists because um I try and be a bit more intentional with um what I'm working on and who I'm working on who I'm working with so um probably an example would be uh Malik Lives um Malik the Fourth for anyone that knows him in his previous name um I met Malik at university we were on the same course I found that he could rap we talked about music for hours um, and then we chilled, hung out and we built a report. And then when I heard his music, I was like, okay, I like what he does. And then we had a couple of sessions together and then we realized that, okay, we work really well together and we kind of built a stronger rapport in studio and really um, built a strong, a strong friendship as well. So that's how we kind of got working together and, and um, becoming kind of like, um, like I've been been probably one of his main collaborators, the best part of his career. So um, that's how that one started. And then from that, I did this what 
DJs for his launch party and then met Rue um, Ravimbo. She approached after the show and said um, she was a fan of the music I'd, I'd done with Malik. And then she asked me um, like if I'd produce for her. We met, we chilled in studio for like a day or two and then um, started making some records together and then built a rapport that way. So I find that more of a more of a fruitful way for me to kind of work with artists. I prefer to build a rapport with them and work with a smaller network of artists and just have a little bit more. Again, for me, it just it makes it easier to have to be a bit, make the, the project a bit more meaningful. I think it makes sense, like more essence and less sound, as they say, because otherwise, what what can you what can you build with someone if if you don't have that connection, as you said. I found it a lot of music these days has the has the sound. I'm not saying no, mm-hmm. but you know it just doesn't spark anything. Or maybe it's just me. I'm growing old. <laughs> I mean, it is. I guess it is. It is partly getting old, but again, it is part of just that lack of relatability. And for me, again, I've made records in the same place as people, and I've made records over the internet. Like I send you a beat, you record it elsewhere, and. Then, that's how it works. Um, I've always enjoyed being in the room with someone because um, you can just pull creativity out of anywhere. Something will spark um, an idea for a song. It's um, it's more of a fun experience for me, and I think it's a more fulfilling experience for myself. And I tend to find that's the same with the artists that I work with, um, and that sometimes come across comes across in the music that way. Um, I do think a lot of it also is people understanding the craft of making the song. Um, it, is, it can be as basic as just go to a microphone, you've got a beat and record, and there are some amazing records that have been made that way, but there are so many different ways to make a record and to convey emotion or convey a story and make it compelling. Um, I think that art form, I won't say it's gone, but I'd say that it's something that you only get from a handful of artists each generation and um yeah i do feel like they're getting less and less each generation but they are still there i agree with you i i told you it must be that i'm growing old because my children <laughs> are having fun on all sorts of music and i would just leave the kitchen and wonder myself like what's going on again in the house but i do enjoy music i'm not saying no yeah, i like yeah. to vibe on the 90s more I feel like music was more real then. I might be wrong, but... <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I guess, technically speaking, I'm a 90s kid. I, I was born in the 80s, but obviously, I don't remember any of it. I'm, I'm at the very end of the 80s, so I'm, like, I grew up in the 90s. So a lot of that's att- attached to memories. You know, like when you're young, you, you go through so much, or you, feel, you look back on it, but it wasn't that much like, compared to now, but you... Those moments well we felt it as a lot yeah. didn't we and so many songs soundtrack those moments you know so they like I can't compare them like the 90s and the early 2000s to like what's being made today because I don't really I don't live with those records I don't like I have I remember even as late as 2011 like when um Drake Take Care came out and being in university and being going doing this that this drama happening that drama happening and that's all playing in the background on your headphones or at a party so songs become a bit of a soundtrack to you but as you get older 
again, some of the artists, as you get older, they don't really hold that soundtrack to your life um, for you. They don't have those songs for you at that point. Um, so it, it does um, it does change. Like you're, you're the, the attachment to the music changes um, and a few artists will do that for you as you get older, I guess, as, as in new artists. That's true, that's true. My mom was very funny. She always, she kind of raised me with um, Bob Marley, Tupac and P. Diddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because in Romania, obviously, that was not the norm. Like we used <laughs> to have the the Romanian bands, and but for some reason, I I think she's she's to blame for all my passion <laughs> <laughs> for the that, rap, for the hip hop. What is a typical Romanian band, bro? Like what's that? What like what what would the sound be like for that? It's very much pop and they used to have very cheesy lines and then they have this um, this genre inspired by arabic music i don't know okay. if you had uh, in romania it's called manele but they are usually the lines are really cheesy and this the sound is really crazy because i could never vibe on on that music i'm gonna need you to send me some of this i want to hear it Definitely. But I think we had one guy who left in USA and he was doing some music with Shaggy, if I'm not wrong. I was okay. sent to that guy as well. He was a music producer. He was also singing. But mm. their music, I guess if you get a certain type of drunk at a party, it goes. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm interested in hearing it. Um, I do like listening to music um, from different regions. So it'd be interesting to hear some of it. I'll definitely send you some. I'll try my best to send you the good ones. Send <laughs> I'm not familiar. You find. Um, I, I don't mind. I, I just want to get a vibe of what a feel for the vibe of it, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, it's also combined with uh, gypsy music. You know, oh. when I don't know how they they call this instrument, the big one that they played with too too small. They are not even like drumsticks. It's. I will show you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's so hard I'm a to bit explain. lost, but, I, but I, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice, but that's what I'm saying. It was such a big difference from what I was listening at home and then what was outside my house. But then also I went through the rock phase. I don't know, did you have these phases in life? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't even call them phases anymore because I, like, I listen to anything. And I remember like if, you're, if you were like in your pre-teens, during the early 2000s then you would definitely listen to uh you listen to some rock music even if it's pop rock like your blink 182s and stuff like that oh, yes. it was a bit heavier like corn um and stuff like that so yeah i, I still play things like chop suey to this day like i, I like do you remember like, Einstein? ah uh, not but it's not ringing a bell but if you probably played it it, it might hit it, it might yeah it, it was uh it was on that side with corn with all this it was it was crazy because i would go to concerts on my own like not obviously rammstein concerts but like whatever mm-hmm. they would have in my town i would just go on my own it was a crazy crazy time <laughs> yeah it's, I, I think it's it's, a, it's good to have a, like a broad sense of music you know like um and again being young again that you, you just listen to whatever was where was popping at the time you listened to it um for like early 2000s when those bands were big it was just even because it was all linked in with wrestling for me as a like as a kid back in the day like even stuff like was it limp biscuit at that time was linked to wrestling 
that, that kind of energy. Um, I used to be a pretty big Linkin Park fan at that time as well. I used to like Linkin Park quite a lot. Yeah, I know the pain. <laughs> I, said, I, still, I still like them to this day. Like, Mike Shinoda is one of my favourite producers. Um, and I definitely, I still love his style today. Uh, I listen to his music still. Either, either, it was almost like, I always just feel like hip-hop as well. And just any music, music is kind of almost like a gateway drug into another another yes. genre some way because there's such a big overlap especially with like if you like Linkin Park then you must like the executioners if you hear them which then kind of blends into that whole rock rap kind of vibe and then you can get into other things from there and it's just uh it's just good it's just a vibe like you know what I mean it's just like a, it's a it's a good like way to explore music definitely is I had the uh... My best friend from Romania, we actually, I mean, she learned how to play guitar before me. And then mm. I tried to follow, but I think I gave up because I'm not very good at repeating the same stuff over and over again. That's where yeah. I lack. <laughs> but it was nice. It was nice because I was writing the poems and she would play with the guitar. So we were saying that we're making music. We were not. We were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it was the beauty of being a teenager and a child before the the madness that came with social media isn't it yeah absolutely imagine if you would have those pictures from back then up now on the internet <laughs> yeah i'm i'm so glad um <laughs> that i grew up pre like snapchat era um instagram story um i mean i still have some of those pictures like on hard drive somewhere that which will not be placed on the internet but i we used to document everything in a way and it's it's cool that we did that but again so much of it didn't get documented has been lost over time and I'm definitely grateful for that as well exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so what's the what's the next goal you have in mind um my next goal is to probably not probably sorry uh, my next goal is to focus on producing my own own records um it, you won't be hearing me singing or rapping as such but um to actually produce a record or commission a record with um, artists so it's it's not i'm not that i'm doing a record for them i'm doing my own records and getting them to feature on there for a project um and just try to do a, uh, more of a conceptual project really I, like I've, I've done conceptual projects for artists and followed their vision for it but um I'd prefer to probably make my own um, and come up with a concept and work with artists around that concept to make a, to make a cohesive um, project really um, and build that really just that I want that to become my main focus because as much as I like producing for artists for their records there's something in me that wants to actually create a concept and create a work of art around that rather than kind of serving someone else's vision to, to serve my own i understand <laughs> i feel yeah. your pain somehow but yeah. that sounds that sounds nice and interesting in the same time and i'll be curious to 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 hear what comes out of it but for people who would like to follow you i'll make sure i will tag your your instagram but where can they find you um you can find music that i produced on all streaming platforms spotify apple music um these are and that's all the ones i could think of top of my head um other than instagram i'm on tiktok the handles up the same on all social media is at being nick dre um but yeah i 
have a playlist of all the music that I've produced in the last few years. I, to be fair, it's a curated playlist. You don't want to hear everything I've produced. It might get too long. So I'll just give you the highlights. And yeah, like um, I'm available on, on the main platform, the main social media platforms. So, um, but other than that, just check me out on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever else you hear good music. Nice. So what's the what's the artist you would like to to work with? Let's say UK first, and then we'll move to to USA. As in, like goals, like artist goals. Yes. Like, um, UK, Kano. I think I think Kano might be the only one on that list. Um, that's like if I can get a Kano record before I'm gone. That's, <laughs> that's life complete. Um, he's my favorite rapper. He's number one and. Um, if, if I ever did like a top 10 or top three rapper list, Kano's number one. Like there's not um, anyone that's topping him as a, as a rap artist or in that sense for me. Um, other than that, I'm not too sure. Stamford is another artist I'd love to work with. Um, this is a goals, goals. Um, and people that are up and coming. Um, there's a guy called um, Manny. He's, I think he's got a band Manny in the Colored Sky. Phenomenal, phenomenal voice, like absolutely phenomenal voice. Um, he's, I know he's got a record that came out recently, which is really good as well. And I advise anyone to check him out. He's definitely someone I would um, like to and I'm trying to work with soon on a record. Um, US wise, I don't <laughs> even know. Like I mean, I would like rap wise, Jay Z would, would probably be the one of the rappers I would love to work with. Um, I would want to work with Kendrick. I was like, a goal would be Kendrick. Um, I would love to, not necessarily to work on a record for him per se. I would, work, I would love to work on a record with um, Dr. Dre. I would love to work on a record with um, Puff um, in the studio. I'd love to sit in on a session with, with them. Um, Producer-wise as well, Emil Haney is another producer I would love to work with. Um, Jeff Barscar, the the that's in the got the goats of pop music for the last how many years? Um, in that sense, um, Kanye, I guess as well. Um, singer wise, actually, apologies, singers wise, UK, um, Laura and Villa was one. I think she's probably one of the most underrated um, singers and artists in the UK. Um, everyone knows if you know me, you know that I'll say she's got three albums and. She hasn't missed once with all three albums. So if you haven't listened to Laura and Villa, some of the best music you'll ever hear. I'll definitely um, try. I may have listened to her, but I have an issue with names. So yeah. I, I easily I'll forget her, them. I'll send you um, a link to her album so you can hear that. But she's probably one of, one of the best uh, female artists um, in the UK, in my, in my opinion, anyway. Um, yeah, there's not many other people. Like... Um, I'm really open, like as long as we we can have a vibe. Uh, I'm really open to working with artists. In terms of like artists for goals and stuff, though, I, I kind of veer away from that just because I am a big believer of like don't you know say like, don't meet your your idols, but it's if you look come into into proximity, just just read the room, engage it, and see how it goes. So I don't particularly ever, I don't really have an urge to work with many famous or established artists or legacy artists as much again it's, it's more okay if we ever cross paths and um 
the opportunity presented itself and we were both open to it, I would 100% take it. I mean, um, probably with the exception of probably Kano, I think that one, if, if, um, if the opportunity came up or if I topic came up, I'd be like, yes, absolutely, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good but do you believe i know some people believe in all these uh, vision board stuff to make it yeah. happen do you believe in it i believe in it to a degree um i'm a very much um, a big believer of the law of attraction but i'm also a big believer in the law of detachment and indeed <laughs> yeah you, we don't know how our goals are going to manifest um and when we're working towards something um I know I don't know if she said it, but I think that Kerry Washington has that quote where um, when you when you pursue anything in life, um, God or your creator has three responses to it, which is um, yes, no, not right now, or no, because something bigger and better is is, ha- is happening further down the road. And when you get too attached to your vision and your idea of something, it can be really demotivated when it doesn't go your way, which can then sometimes stop you from actually fulfilling the bigger vision um, i agree yeah so I, I believe everything in balance i believe in all seven spiritual laws so I, law of attraction is one of them but also law of detachment is the other i believe i believe you're right because i've seen uh, just the other day it was a very nice video representing how you go after your goals like mm-hmm. don't try to push them away because they may come they may come back like things you don't want in life and in the same time don't hold too tight on what you want because you want it or not, it, it may leave and it just hits you from another direction. So, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because you see the journey makes us who we are. Look how, how much wisdom we have right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, years of experience of pursuing things that they laugh. I mean, laugh, in my opinion, always shows you the answers. You just got to be willing to or humble enough to look out for them. In every situation, there's a lesson. So, just be humble enough to, to take the lesson and move forward with it that's true that's true so what's the for the people who want to keep an eye on you what's the project you're working on right now or what should they expect um the project i'm working on right now um it has no name it will be a <laughs> eclectic mix of some of the artists that i enjoy working with maybe some new people but hopefully there'll be some music coming out early next year um, for people to hear in line with the project. Um, I'm currently finishing off um, Marlit Lives' um, next project and we may have something else in store for people in the, um, before, after, whenever it comes out, it'll be something, there might be another project that we're working on that comes out alongside that or after it for people to hear. But in terms of my own project, um, it's going to be a it's been a slow burner it's going to be coming out soon and i'm just as interested to hear how it's going to sound as everyone else's so it'll be a very interesting mix of music and i can probably assure everyone that it'll be it'll be the best work you've heard from me in terms of um just record making um i'm taking my time with it but i'm also making sure that it's uh it's a fun experience for everyone that works with it. That's the main thing. I want, I want this to be something that we can all look back on as in everyone I've collaborated on with it. I said, and feel like we had a moment, at least on there, or if, or if not, it's a moment we all took something away from it, you know? 
That's beautiful because I appreciate the the work you put in. It's rather quality than quantity, isn't it? Like you 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 just deliver something worth your your time and your your work. Yeah, yeah. To me, it has to be meaningful. If it's not, if it doesn't, like I can make music all day. If it doesn't necessarily mean something to me in terms of a record, I can. In other in other forms of making music, it's it's not as precious. But I don't like the idea of of music that I make becoming too much of a commodity. I like it. To, I like to think of it as an as art, the same way you think of paintings as art. I I try to keep that approach to record making. In that, so I rather work on less and have them mean more to me and the artist than to work on loads and just not necessarily have that, that feeling towards it. I can. I can always make music all day long. I don't have to release it if I don't necessarily feel that it's of value to me or that it's something that's worth people hearing. I agree with you. I agree because I'm doing the same with with the poems, even though I'm more reckless with it. I don't <laughs> wait that long or I don't work. I I guess for music it's a bit different because you want to work on on the piece before you put it out. For me, it's quite different because inspiration hits. I write it and I post it, and then I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's, it's a mixture of both. Like, uh, I'm the song I released last year, I think, with um, with Malik, um, the KOC song. Um, once it was finished, it just went out. I mean, it's it's um, it, it was recorded. Uh, Malik recorded it himself, but he, once I got the parts, I mixed it. Um, done the artwork mastered it myself and just put it out which is not necessarily the approach that I would always take but again if, if at that moment that's how I felt and I took it and I went that, down that route um, and it was good it was good doing it that way I definitely felt that um, um, it felt different I felt like are you sure you want to do this you sure you don't want to wait to get it mixed by an engineer and do it that way and I thought no let me take this approach um, and if that happens with this project with certain songs as well, it's it's more of a just not being, not letting unnecessary things tie down the process, but also making sure that you're happy with it. And I was happy with the song, I was happy with how it sounded. And I didn't feel a need to go any further with, with it in terms of asking anyone else to, to get involved at that point. So I, I probably a, a, something to take away from that for me is just, um, just, you know, when it feels right, like if it feels right, don't overcomplicate it. Just go with that feeling. As long as it feels right, in that sense, go for it. Um, in terms of creativity and business, it's a bit different. But in terms of creativity, just if it feels right, go with it. And then sort out the business stuff. When it's time to do the business stuff, as long as it's, we're talking creative, just just go with the emotion and the feel. I agree with you. But, you know, writers have the writer's block. Do you have mm. things like that? Yeah, um, I definitely have had like producer block or just like a creative block if I'm trying to write melodies, it's, it's, it happens. Um, I tend to believe writer's block or producer block, they're all one of the same or just a creative block in general. It, it is more of a, you're judging yourself too hard. Um, it's not a block. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a block really. It's just that we're not happy with what we're outputting and the issue with that is we're not looking at it um in a productive sense because you can't judge an idea without having an intention behind it so if i'm sitting at home 
or in, in here just making some music I'm simply doing that I am making music I'm not necessarily I may not be making music with an intention to pitch to someone I'm just creating an idea um I, how could I judge that idea against something that it wasn't meant to be those together I'm just it's just an idea I might not like the idea it might not be necessarily but again that's all subjective to that moment in time I might come back to it um a week a month a year later I'm like oh okay I can see what I was doing here and I could either add upon it or I know it's actually perfect for for this but as it stands it's just an idea and if it's not moving you at that point you just move on to the next one if that doesn't move you move on to the next one and not getting into that spiral I guess of saying negative self-talk and saying this isn't good this isn't good enough it's like it's, it's not that it's not good enough it's just not something that's pushing you right now so just move on to the next one and if that continues and you start to feel what well, I feel less inspired then go out and live is always my thing because <laughs> life will fill you with some kind of inspiration as much as being in a studio or in front of a keyboard or some form of instrument or being with a notepad or your or the notes in your phone is part of the creative process as um, so is going out, meeting people, having conversations, being in different settings to get inspiration as well. It's um, that sometimes jumpstarts the creative process and gives you di a different way of looking at things. That the amount of times I just go out and see something random and just think, "Wow!" Like it sounds like just it just gives you just that little wow moment, that little bit of inspiration to go and write something or to create something and yeah this, so I don't really believe in writer's block so much I just believe that it's, it's a sign of you're not you're over judging yourself or you're not going out and living and giving yourself something to kind of latch on to in terms of ideas yes because if you if you just sit like you said if you just sit in front of the computer it can happen isn't it you you yeah. have no nothing is stimulating your mind nothing it's, it's yeah. just you overthinking and yeah it's hard. It's hard to be a creative, but you see, people don't understand it. Yeah, up to be fair, I believe everyone's a creative. It's just where, how you express it is how you express it. There's, there's so much creativity in so many different places that people don't typically ex expect it in. But when you work in a creative industry or you work in that field, for the most part of it, there's never really like a formal like guide of how to do things. Exactly. Um, with every other field, there typically is a handover, but with things on any industry where it's or in the creative industry where it's um you're literally just almost you may not have had training you may not have gone to school for it you just sometimes can just get into things but as I've done just just off of learning it and going forward but there's no real formal school for it um in terms of actually I guess created in the sense of like making it into a business in a way it's not really taught or, or making it into a um a um, career path I mean there are traditional ways of doing it they don't always work for people but like well, I guess with anything else you just have to figure out a way and it's there's so many different ways of different and different people telling you how you can do it but you always have to find a way that works for you which is very scary and can literally fill your stomach with anxiety but it is usually the only way and even if there were I mean there are schools that do actually teach say uh, business management for certain areas and which are do overlap with the creative the creative fields but even with that you still have to find find your way of doing it so 
Yeah. You just have it, to. You just yeah. have to wing it, <laughs> fail, and then yeah. get back again. Just keep winging it. This, this is probably the, the motto of my life. Just keep trying, wing it, be a chance, or and things work. Sometimes they don't, but you don't know till you try. So, do you believe uh, it's ninety nine percent work and one percent talent, or is the other way around? How would you um, put it? I'd put it as hard work beats talent when talent's not working. <laughs> That's right. You see, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah. That the most it's usually the artist artist in any field that works hard and and that doesn't necessarily mean who sits in the at the canvas or again the computer or whatever however they create that art. It's usually the person that um works hard in building an infrastructure or, or an environment where they can thrive. Um, whether that means finding um, people like a management team or finding other creatives to work with or building a good rapport with, with um, journalists or bloggers or people that can help push them forward. Um, that's, all, that's all a part of working. Sometimes that's a team of two, three, four, five, up to dozens of, of people doing that or it could be a one a one person operation or that is whatever works for the person but that's also a part of um work in being a creative in and in making it your career and making it um something that you can like you know build a career and feed your family off of that's that's also a part of it and i think sometimes they get lost in the in the process we, we all focus on making the art and not also about make doing the business part of it and if it's not something that you're interested in or feel like you're it's a strong point it's why there's someone that's interested in that that can help you do that so there are ways but it's what works for you and what you're prepared to do as a creative or any person in business i guess really that's true that's true and i must agree with you because like you said we fail and we learn and that's how we move on i yeah. want to thank you for your time today because i don't want to keep you very long and we'll definitely i'll tag you um i'll I'll make sure i'll mention your your channel so people can follow you and thank we you. can't wait to hear more music from you thank you and again thank you for having me on this it's been a pleasure it's been absolutely lovely lovely to talk to you and i'm hoping to get some traditional romanian music to listen to <laughs> I uh, promise I'll send you. I'll send you the traditional bit. I'll send you the crazy bit. So be ready because the the links are coming in. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear all of it. So thank you so much in advance for that. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And My as soon pleasure. As some new music's available. You'll be the first to know. Give me a shout, and I'll make sure we'll meet again. And who knows? Maybe with even one of the person you are collaborating with. I'm open. I'm here. And I said, let's do it. Oh, no, I look forward to doing that.